just ahead of time, listener, we're going to talk about um, some really Orientalist stuff, uh, and neither Clay nor I are, like, actually experts on actual Asian culture. We're a pair of comic book dorks. If we say something that really contravenes what you know to be true or your own direct experience of these cultures, please understand we're the ones messing up here. And I guess if we reproduce something really awful, it's not intentional, then <laughs> feel free to tell us. I am almost sure I'm going to do something awful, and it won't be intentional, <laughs> but I just know it's going to happen, so I'm going to let y'all know this right now. Yeah. Like, this isn't even like a- Yeah, exactly. This is not an if, this is a will. <laughs> Yeah, so just just brace for impact, uh, I guess, content warning, potential Orientalism, and actual descriptions of real Orientalism. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So! Uh, hi, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> hey there, Clay, how you doing? It's been a while. Yeah, yeah, y'all, stay busy. I'm going to try to work some things out, maybe we can get some extras done, and so I can stop falling behind but today we're doing this old school and they talk about old school things let's talk about an old school way of fighting <laughs> yeah bonus it's a thing that mostly no one in comics cares about because the because the dawn of it is like from the 1950s mm-hmm. and right now people are mostly talking about it because something about it happened in luke cage it's time to talk about kung fu and the karate man yes so for me specifically, is this is the thing. These days, almost every super, um, superhero has some brush up against the idea of having done martial arts. Like Superman yeah. is, has mastered two forms of Kryptonian martial arts that are named after like a bodily function. But what I say <laughs> when I talk about a karate man, what I specifically talking about is a person whose whole gimmick is being a martial artist of some kind. Don't necessarily have to be karate i consider batch rock to be a karate man but it's the idea that this person is about being a martial artist you have a really good chance that they have a big dumb dragon somewhere on their costume you know and context for the people who aren't necessarily as deep on this Batrock the leaper is a french frog themed martial he's artist not frog super villain he's just french. he's called Batrock the leaper yeah but he's not frog themed yeah. Like he, he's gotta have- No, there is a frog-themed Spider-Man villain. Don't you do that with me. <laughs> there are two of them. Okay, he, then there's two. That frog guy has a son, and he's a hero. <laughs> What's that kid's name? Toad boy? <laughs> That's fucking Toad! Toad is a frog-themed character! <laughs> Sue you! Froppy is a frog-themed character, and everybody loves her. Meanwhile, everybody hates Yeah, alright, so- Anyway, <laughs> the point is- The point is that Patrock the Leaper is a- Is- We're not- We're not- we, there are going to be some kind of deep cuts in this episode, and they mostly flow from the fact that these are not mainstream characters. This is not mainstream stuff. So, which is indeed part of why the Iron Fist getting a TV series prompted a, a wave of, what, really? I would have been. But no, that, like, um, Batrock Leaper is a master of survival, and I presumably these days parkour, since I, I would be shocked if nobody wrote that into his character but back in the day he was a master of savati uh which is a french uh, le box français yes french kickboxing style so you know he jumps and he kicks hence the frog and the french and the leaper uh yeah that's his whole i bet the writer who went he's a french character who jumps <laughs> i'm a genius mm-hmm. it's a frog joke yeah, yeah yeah but no it's um that again 
there's, there's a lot of, there's a whole bunch to be saying about, like, I really like these characters when approached properly, because, like, A, I enjoy, I enjoy martial arts as a theme, I enjoy, like, you know, low we've talked about it, like, the natural episode, these are characters, like, the types I'm fond of, and they, like, flesh out the world. The other thing is, martial arts in a lot of cultures are very specifically tied to, like, the culture they come from, and this is, it, it's the thing that keeps that culture first and foremost, because superhero media is very American. And very white a lot of the times. But like I was saying, well, I've said before, you can't take the China or out of Iron Fist or Shang-Chi. Like, you know, you can't take Japan off of Katana, just Japanese flag on her face. So you can't take that away from her. Yeah. You know, that's you. You, yeah. you can you can do that to, you know, um, Doctor Strange and make the ancient ones a little white lady. And it's it's dumb, but it's not like impossible because it's like, well, it's, it's you know. What was the Ancient One, actually? He was an Ancient One. You can't take Shang-Chi and make him Sean Chet. It doesn't work, you know? Chuck Norris. <laughs> no! She, Chuck Norris, learned from a Shang-Chi. Hey, Chuck Norris got his start but that's the thing. beat up by Bruce like, Lee. <laughs> like, the tradition of the, the, of the martial artist in the West, like, that's ultimately what Walker, Texas Ranger is is it's trying to do a kung fu series with american values and law and it's cringe inducing garbage that's the whole reason him and john claude van jam and um uh the, the, the steven seagal have careers like bar none this is like we don't want to get these asians we don't want to get jackie chan or jet lee you know or chow yun fett we can get these white guys who are okay and kind of stiff at it, you know? Or we can get a dancer. Yeah. Jean-Claude Van Damme is not a martial artist. He was a ballet dancer. And they just, yep. you know, so they got him. He's also not much of an actor, but, you know. <laughs> I remember and, 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 a friend of mine who's, like, Romanian. He was so bad that uh, Mark Dacascos was, like, ripping off everything that Jean-Claude Van Damme did in, like, Only the Strong. And we were like, man, he's stealing a bad act. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> he's just, he just very attached to Jean-Claude Van Damme for some reason. And, and incidentally, I know someone who's distinctly attached to Jean-Claude Van Damme, and that's cool. He seems a nice guy. Mm. Uh, he He's not Bruce Lee, though. <laughs> well, it, it, not a lot of people are. But that's the thing, too. Like, you, you, you can do it, and I like, that's the other thing, too. Like, they could make a legit, like, that truck was kind of cool in uh, Winter Soldier, you know? As just this really gruff, like, kung fu, you know, kicking dude. And it was cool for like five minutes. They could have made something of that. They're- to quote Mark Wade, Batrock the Leaper was ahead of his time. He was a stylish Jean-Claude Van Damme in the 1960s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck, dude. Wildcat, who I think totally counts, is awesome. Because he's just as angry, like, he feels like, real talk, I'm happy no one ever thought to take it this way. But they could easily make Wildcat, aka old white man boxer. As being really bitter that there are no great and famous white men boxers anymore. <laughs> like, like, I was the last one, and I'm still here, damn it. Like, that's kind of mad good. And, and, oh, real talk? And, and, and also, for what it's worth, the, the actual expression, the great white hope, yeah, yeah. which is kind of familiar to boxers, um, is really super racist. Another character, another actor who probably owes his entire career to the, the desire for white people to be good at martial arts. Like, Get Sylvester yeah. Stallone and see if we can't make him be. But like again, like fuck. They all are- right. So so we're we're kind of we're kind of circling around the point here. We care about martial arts. We care about martial arts in like stories and what that means. And and there is in the current context of the world. This is like not not the world 
as it is, like, uh, only Japan and only China have martial arts. But the world we live in is one where, during the 1950s and 60s, a massive amount of Asian, you know, big bubble word, Asian martial arts culture was packaged and distributed. And we have grown up in a world where that was part of our, like, air. And it does things that you don't do with Australian martial arts and you don't do with American martial arts and you don't do with Canadian martial arts, all of which exist. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, I there are so many cool legends and stories around, like, Capoeira that I would love to see, like, many things. Yo, there's a whole fucking story about how, like, performing certain rituals can make you invulnerable. I, I've watched, like, eight episodes of the latest Luke Cage because I don't, they're not doing Candomblé. The Santeria, they're doing, I, I assume, some kind of voodoo, or what they're presenting as voodoo, a Bushmaster, but I think they're doing that! <laughs> I think that- That's pretty cool. Right, cause this whole thing is like, he's doing stuff to himself to make him, like, bulletproof, or bulletproof-ish, and to stand up to Luke Cage, and he's doing a lot of fucking, like, Al Maladros and Campasos yeah. and shit, and I'm like, is, 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 and, is this and for, is for the listener's context, the, the and, and for the listener's context, Capoeira, which, you know, Let's face it, a lot of you only know exists because of Soul Calibur, uh, is Tekken, not Tekken. a, you know, classically, not Tekken 2, no, is not Tekken, a classically Tekken Asian first. martial art. Like, Soul Calibur, they use weapons, man. There's no capoeira. Yeah, um, Soul, Soul Calibur had a character who was a capoeirist, Ooh. and I probably used the wrong word there, I apologize. Barista, but, um, but Ooh, I've played lots of Soul Calibur, who are you talking about, man? I can't remember his name. He carried a sword and never used it. No, that's Yoshimitsu, and he just does Yoshimitsu bullshit. No, no, no. Yoshimitsu, Yoshimitsu's a samurai, and that's- Yoshimitsu- We'll get Ted on Yoshimitsu's for that episode. Yoshimitsu's a ninja. But, but no, who, what is this- What is this you're talking about? This is- I don't- I'm being yelled at from the other room. Give me a second. What was that, Fox? Juan. Juan Rag uses his sword- No, no. Who? What? Soul Calibur, Juan. This is gonna bother me. Soul Calibur 2. Juan, like Juan? With, yeah. With a J. Juan. This is- Possibly? No. It's been a long time since I played this game, yeah, man. man. No, you're thinking Eddie Gordo when- This is getting edited out for what it's worth. No, this is not- <laughs> I'm like, I- everybody knows Eddie Gordo and Christy Montiero and, um, um, Tiger Jackson. You know, you got- they're made on the same engine by the same people. Yoshimitsu is in both games, so that causes confusion. Well, also, the thing is, I was referencing Soul Calibur because that's what I knew. I don't know shit about Tekken. Yeah, but no, I've never- there is a kick moveset you can get, but that's like more Taekwondo than anything, but- Man, we got sidetracked like a motherfucker. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the point is that, um, like, it's not to say that Asia hasn't had an influence on, on South America, because, you know, the whole Chinese colonization of Peru and everything, and that's interesting and weird, and interestingly weird, but capoeira is not a, a you know, bubble word Asian martial art. It is an Afro-Brazilian martial art. Um, yeah. And I could go into the history, I don't think nobody wants to hear me go about that for a minute. Well, I mean- if we do that, we'll have, like, I have to edit these things down to about an hour, and... <laughs> what? Yeah. The basics you need to know. Maybe another time? Yeah, okay, okay, I like talking about that. But go on, go on with the basics. Uh, um, go on. It created by the multi, multi-ethnic multi slaves of the Brazil, like, different African ethnicity together. Um, during their imprisonment, it was a combination of the different uh, cultural practices, music, dance styles, and martial arts. Um, was used in a couple of small wars and stuff like that, and, like, the myth is that it was practiced as a dance to hide it as a fighting style, like, while enslaved. That... Which, incidentally, is a myth that is also spread about Eskrima in the Philippines. Is that so? Didn't know that. Yeah. 
It's a really common myth. Hey, this martial arts looks really cool. Clearly, it was hidden from from idiots by making it a dance. Maybe I'm misunderstanding my like image of the scrimmer, but I always found the scrimmer to be extremely aggressive and violent and unambiguous. You you can do performance. You you can do stick performances with a screamer because, funnily enough, if you do a screamer, you're an incredibly fit person who's very good at you know moving in rhythm. And there are some pretty good like shock, shock attachment horror. dances and um, performances with sticks that you do in capoeira, like makulele, which is very similar. But anyway. Yeah, the point here is- Like, the basic gist is that martial arts look cool. There are very few martial arts that look awful, ironically, except for the American, Australian, and Canadian ones, which typically look boring as hell. Well, the thing <laughs> about a lot of those is, A, there's two, there's two mentalities. What, this is where we talk about, like, MMA, uh, where, you know, it wants to tell you how much it, like, exposes the flaws in all the other martial arts and how it's, like, very scientific and yada yada. Bullshit. The thing is, like, <clears throat> sorry, go. Like, there's the argument that it's desi- it's developed in a very like regimented air environment. You know, like there's things you can't do in MMA. I don't necessarily stick with that notion because, like, there was a good argument where someone was like, okay, you know, they saw some people saw some dude do like a, a chokehold. He's like, oh well, if you chokeholded me like that, I just bite you. He says, okay, sure, we'll, we'll do that. Bite me. And then he bit him, and he got mad and just choked him harder and snapped, almost snapped their neck. And it's like, nah. but the thing about it is, <laughs> it, my issue with it is, it's 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 martial arts with no culture. Uh, mm. I remember hearing one of these guys talk about, and and there is and there is a very deliberate effort from MMA to try and co-opt culture. There's a lot of people like you might you might hear this myth spread around that Bruce Lee was the first MMA artist. Mm-hmm. Because he said things that they took, and and you know he he uh, presented ideas that they like to like a, 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 you know appreciate and what have you. And the thing is to to look at where like the roots of MMA, you go to like Vale Tudo in Brazil, of course, and um, Brazilian again jujitsu, and the whole way that what we, we like track the original like path of MMA battles is uh, the Gracie family, Royce Gracie, like. Just having something to prove and like yelling everybody, come fight me so I can show you that Brazilian jiu-jitsu is the best. And <laughs> so he would, he would fight boxers. And he's like, okay, let me grab you. And you know, he'd fight, you know, kickboxers. And he, oh, okay, I'm gonna grab you. He fight Taekwondo fighters. And okay, I'm gonna grab you. It's like, yeah, no, grab speed strikes. That's, that's, <laughs> and that's sort of that. That's not new. Yeah. And that's not new. But much, much of the same way that guns tend to beat strikes. <laughs> and that's the thing too. A lot of MMA culture like is really tied up into like, military prepper gun nut culture in and of itself you know and yeah and it becomes it, it's also philosophically unmoored i i don't all right so to to, to drag some of this awkward i'm gonna drag the top off the orientalism thing here because because this is this is you know it's just getting bigger and bigger under there um a lot of what we were sold as members of a western culture when it comes to kung fu is a mysticism and a philosophical outlook as well as like a physical practice and a lot of mma still has its own philosophical practice and its own ideological like like worldview it's just we're so familiar with that worldview it's boring honestly i'd argue that it's kind of like toxic and there's a lot of Oh, it's definitely toxic. Hey, Absolutely. I do, do not, <laughs> by all means, go on. Like, hey, you want to tell, it's, it's again, it's a lot of, you know, macho shit. It's a lot of like Western anger shit. And, you know, it's, it's, and it's, there was this, again, there was this guy I saw talking. I don't think he was Bass Rootin', but he looked and sounded exactly like Bass Rootin', except like without the accent. 
and he had no neck, like sure. that guy. He's one of those big guys with short, square head and no neck, and he's very angry. And he talks about how, you know, he got into this argument with, like, some traditional martial artists, you know, like a taekwondo karate guy. And he's told, oh, this guy, he kept, like, desperately, he was talking, because they talk about, like, traditional martial artists as if they're in a cult. And there are some, like, hoax-ass, you know, traditional martial artists who are very cultish in their presentation. And that's how he was mm. talking about. And by all means, check out check out the history of uh, California martial arts because there is some weird mm. shit. And he says um, this guy was looking for a reason to justify his martial art, and he finally fell on. Oh, it taught me discipline. And this guy says, "Oh, well, I learned discipline too." I'm like motherfucker, if you're talking like this, I don't think you learned discipline. You learned how to do a hundred push-ups every morning and yell, "Sir!" I don't know if you learned discipline. You know, like. Uh, yeah. uh, respect and self-control and everything else. You learned how to hold to a ro- workout routine and be strong. You know, this, yeah. this cultural things and that come with because they teach you in Capoeira. One of the things, most important lessons I was taught was, um, and I study this was to be clever, to be intelligent, but to not be so clever that you outthink yourself. To try to be the smartest man in the world. You know, to be smart, but not try to be fucking light from Death Note, because you'll end up, you know, making a bunch of dumb decisions and tripping over your own dick to prove how smart you are. You know, be two steps ahead and not five, because you can never be five steps. Yeah. Um. Similarly, uh, and I I bring this up not because I quote unquote studied martial arts. I have read about and like I have studied martial arts as a grouping of cultural artifacts. I haven't stood in front of a teacher for any length of time and learned like the methodologies of that. Everything I know about fighting, I learned in a uh, let, let's say amateur performance way. <laughs> um. But I learned what one of the one of the central things in a lot of uh, like Irish boxing is respect that you'll get hit. Mm-hmm. Like so much of learning about how to box in Irish gyms is about getting hit and keeping control, which is one of the reasons why Irish boxing is such a, a, a like a youth outreach thing. Like you see it associated with the idea of like it helps keep the kids on the straight and narrow because to be good at Irish boxing. You have to be able to not lose it and act like a goofus when you get punched in yeah. the face. And, you know, someone steps in the ring, thinks they'll be fine, gets punched in the face the first time, reacts really badly, and then just gets the absolute stuffing knocked out of them again by someone who knows how to capitalize on that. And, like, that's a really basic example of, philo- you know, philosophy in action. You can also look at the weird aspect of, like, like Jesus karate thing that happens a lot over here in America. I don't oh, yes. know what I'm talking about. Where you're like, yes, you I I know about things like the power team. Yeah. Hey, you know your, um, <laughs> you know your buddy Jason David Frank became an MMA teacher. Yeah. And he, uh, did you know yeah. what he does? You know what he does? You, you want to yeah, tell? I know. Tell, tell, tell the people, man. Tell the people. Tell the people about that tattoo. He does martial arts for Jesus. <laughs> no, but tell him. Tell him about his catchphrase. Do you remember his catchphrase? I don't remember his catchphrase because I blotted it oh, out. Oh, folks, Jason David Frank wants all of you to know. The Green Ranger wants you to know that Jesus didn't tap. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> didn't tap out and play on that cross, y'all. Because that's the thing you could do. You can if you're getting crucified and you're like, nah, I'm, I can't do it no more. Y'all win. Also, he actually did. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. Angry preacher's son moment here, but it says he gave up his spirit. Jesus chose when he died. Jesus fucking tapped out. <laughs> Usually you tap out, you God just start getting pushed in the damn. <laughs> ah, Tommy, why are you doing this to me? <laughs> I even have your hair. <laughs> ow, ow, ow. <laughs> I think I heard something. 
All right. So the, the point is that martial arts is like a thing and martial arts brings with it philosophy and it brings with it like culture. And in the context of superhero stories and superhero comics, that culture that it brings changes the nature of a story. There are, there are like, you can do a story with a dude who's really strong and good at fighting one-on-one and has this like inherited uh, uh, protective device that keeps him safe um, and serves as a symbol that everyone around him has to respect, who at one point has to be, is, is driven apart from his best friend and they wind up having to fight because his best friend is on the wrong path. And then they clash and then they pull apart and they clash and they pull apart and it goes back and forth until they find the secret that was putting his friend on the bad path. And this whole thing is just Bucky Barnes and Steve Rogers, right? You could, you could definitely tell this kind of story without the martial arts. When you start involving the martial arts, when you start going to the karate man, kick man, kung fu style of storytelling, you bring with it a whole extra dimension to these characters because not only do they have to express the story to you, the reader, but they have to express like the philosophy of the world they're from. Like Danny Rand carries Kun Lun around with him, and in the TV series they messed that up by just having him tell every human he met about Kun Lun. And also like much of his philosophy and personality is wrapped up in being like angry and having P you know, T V PTSD. And like you don't get much of that, you know? <laughs> oh I, I I if we if we want we can go hard on, on how awful Danny Rand is. I am I am absolutely fine we're, with we're, we're gonna try to spread this out and sprinkle it in as we go <laughs> <laughs> so what we're left with is so, so, so what, what if you take away the philosophy of the martial artist you wind up getting just these really boring stories and the funny thing is that martial arts because they're studied and practiced and like have philosophies and they have written down mindsets and ideologies it means you can in a really practical sense in a story show two ideas ideas at war except it doesn't have to be the way populations deform over time it could be two cool people kicking each other in the face um i like i always come back to bronze tiger and it's funny to mention this to talk about jesus kung fu but like you know bronze tiger his whole deal was as a child he viciously murdered a man trying to kill his parents you know he's he's what batman wishes he was and his family was like wow you're a fucked up little kid <laughs> we should find a way to help you deal with that inexplicable anger and he tried to exercise that anger through kung fu and i would say that's pretty explicable anger honestly like, <laughs> well it, it goes somewhere but like he killed the guy yeah, right. more than he needed to have killed the guy let's put it that way you know <laughs> and so he tries to like exercise those demons through kung fu and, you know, someone takes advantage of that and teaches him a way that turns him into a mindless villain. You know, he externalizes his anger into something they can use. And he has to yeah. bring himself back from that. And, you know, he's all about a very, like, flimsy understanding on the writer's part of, like, you know, you know, martial arts philosophy. But that's an interesting and cool story. And unfortunately, one of the best adaptations I've seen of that character was in the most recent animated uh, Suicide Squad movie, where he has characterization, and it's mostly revolved around religion. Christian, like, the entire narrative, spoilers for y'all, is that the Suicide Squad is trying to get a get-out-of-hell-free card, because Amanda Waller has cancer, <laughs> and she doesn't tell them. She's just like, go get the card from this guy. Shut up, don't look at it. And once they find out what it is, you know, you know, Bronze Tiger's like, well, I've done bad things, but I still believe in the afterlife. And, you know, Deadshot's like, I'm Deadshot, so I have no soul. You know? <laughs> That's his thing. And, you know, he gets his, like, redemption arc where he gets to use... The idea is if you're holding the card and you die, 
you get out of hell. So, spoilers, Bronze Tiger dies that's, at the end. And, you know... That's an incredibly dumb... It's in a DC universe, bro. Just, just a, a, <laughs> it's just a ridiculously dumb expression of this idea. Yo, it's interesting because, like, multiple people looking for it, including, like, multiple villains, and you can't kill the person holding the card if you want the card, you know? Because it's a one-time deal. It, bur- it, it runs out if you use it. So, they, everybody's trying to get the card... And these are murderous people, but they can't do their thing to each other. You know, it's a whole... It's it's much more interesting than, I, than it's making it sound. But, like, all of the, you know, martial arts philosophy of the character was gone, but, like, the redemptive story narrative of the character was still retained, you know? Yeah. Sort of like you were describing, you know, Bucky versus Cap versus something else. But, like, the fact that he had to die to have that story arc really, like, cut it, like, at its legs. It, yeah. The other thing about... Again, martial arts and superhero fiction is superhero fiction is about fighting and martial arts, you know, exploring different cultures of martial arts allows you to introduce genuinely interesting combat besides generic fight man stuff. You know, like all the great Kung Fu movies are about different styles interacting, you know, you know, uh, God, I wish I remember the name of this movie. I just remember them as Pai Mei movies, but this is fantastic one. That's all about this one guy having to go up the mountain, fight Pai Mei, um, the white lotus technically a historical figure but he's been heavily mythologized you've all seen him and stuff you don't know he just had the long beard and the white eye yeah that guy and every time he loses he goes and trains in a different style to incorporate to him so you see him going from tiger boxing to tiger crane to tiger crane like uh, uh mantis and he just incorporates all of this and it makes for a really interesting fight scenes that you don't get in a lot of just like stuff that has fighting the most interesting scene i've seen in a plain american movie with a fight scene, is that one time Henry Cavill, like, loaded his fist like a gun. <laughs> yeah. that's just weird and interesting, and I love it. <laughs> with the yeah. beard? Yeah, and, like, Mission Impossible or something. I haven't even seen that scene. I just like the idea of somebody, like, cocking their arms about to punch him, like, I appreciate that. That's stupid. By the way, I love that. Uh, if, uh, if you want to talk about philosophies of art and everything, right, just a thought. The Mission Impossible series is mostly successful because it's incredibly popular in China. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of things are done in those series, those movies that is designed to deliberately evoke things that Chinese audiences get and like. <laughs> so I'm just saying, if there's a, if there's a dude who boxes in a way that reminds you of martial arts. <laughs> I don't know, I don't know what the scene is or what's going on. I just enjoy that one scene and the sound effects they added to it. It reminds me of that one chick in the turn down for what music video who like, like, cocked her butt like a shotgun before slamming it on somebody i'm like mm, yeah yeah mm, that hits me in a very special place <laughs> that 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 right there is we, we we learned a lot about what little john finds sexy that day <laughs> apparently ass coming through walls which, hey you know what ain't mad at that but <laughs> yeah that the thing like yeah i'm not here to judge meaningful like influence of like these can just add so many levers because like Again, I've been watching Luke Cage. Luke Cage just fights like a, a real, he fights like a real life big person who occasionally does things. Yeah. As opposed to like a comic book big person, you know? Who can do, like, there's, again, the fight scenes aren't much different than they were in the first uh, season or in Jessica Jones. They're just really basic things. And then Bushmaster comes in and he's doing copyright. And I'm like, oh, hold on. What's this? That's like, well, just immediately Remember that size in comic books is, is really quietly fluid like we pretend it's we pretend it's not but it really is oh, yeah. like how tall you know, is really Luke cage in comics huh is he like nine feet tall the way he frequently appears to be in the comics nine feet tall and yeah, four like, feet I, wide there, there's a picture of luke cage holding danny's shirt front and luke's fist is as big as danny's head 
I mean, you look at... And these two characters are both meant to be about the same height if you read their guidebook. <laughs> but yeah, that's the thing. Like, the minute Bushmaster starts doing, like, actual, like, kung fu stuff, I'm like, you know, cop wear stuff, I'm like, well, actually, as I understand it, there's a lot of ways that Jamaican people fight, which Bushmaster is, that seems very similar to cop wear, so presumably he's doing that style that I have forgot the name of at this moment. But... Uh, it, it it turns out that when um when a colonial power oppresses the living shit out of you, you will learn how to fight them with anything. Uh, you know, most martial arts from Japan and China, the Philippines, yeah. <laughs> Malaysia, Singapore. Hell, the Boxer Rebellion invented a whole new ma- style of martial arts because it hadn't been banned yet. Yeah. But yeah, the it. it- the idea of, like, st- the, suddenly all the fights are way more interesting. Despite the fact that they're just two, they're the most normal looking fights ever because, because they're on the same level. None of them can really do anything spectacular against the other. But just like the fact that no- nothing else had happened, but here's this guy doing martial arts all of a sudden just creates this whole new visual dynamic, you know? And, yeah. When you- Mar- martial arts are really good for comic book style storytelling because actual martial arts in combat, and I'm not telling you this because I know you know this stuff, uh, but they can very much be thought of in terms of move, counter move. You know, A, if I do A, they will probably do B or C. If they do B, I need, if they do B, I need to be prepared for that. So I will follow up with a D or a position. Like that whole mental math and that very much play, counterplay kind of thing, that, that's how a lot of martial arts fights wind up being structured, mm-hmm. right? Uh, as in, I got you. Um. <laughs> and that's really good for comic book storytelling because comic book is all about, comic book storytelling is all about slicing up time into tiny little bits. It's all about panel, 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 panel. Yeah, and uh, uh, depends on how you're applying that too, right? Because, um, again, that requires... A- it's really hard in a comic book to render a realistic two guys squalling on the floor in a brawl, both having a grip on each other and neither having enough reach to actually punch the other. Yeah, you know, I would, as much as I find, like, grappling, like, pure grappling styles kind of boring, I would love to see that application of, like, grapple, counter, like, reversal in comic format, because it might be interesting, because I'm not supposed to, like, see it as a thing that's moving. It's not like when you watch an MMA fight and it always goes down to two guys hugging on the floor, you know? You get to, like, because there's a lot of, when you see that happening in an MMA fight, there's a lot of stuff going on, like, under there that you cannot understand because it's, like, very internal. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a lot of internal moves of strength and stuff like that. Like, I, I got put in, I want to say reverse naked choke. And I was like, so what do I do? You know, like, for training. I was like, so what do I do when I'm here? I was like, just gotta wiggle your way out or you die. <laughs> and, like, you know, it's not like, it's not like there's gonna be that ultra instinct meme moment where, like, it suddenly gets reversed. But this, things going on there that you can't see and you can see that in a comic because they can a get inside the character b they can zoom in on what you should be seeing so again like that genuine focus on actual like to have an actual you know brazilian jiu-jitsu or jiu-jitsu man be a character you know he shows up with a big i don't know brazilian flag on his chest (laughs) and yeah and that right there that is the kind of orientalism that has a really fundamental problem where the the whole character of a martial arts is the character when it's what is your thing i'm good at martial arts therefore i will speak in you know stereotypical orientalist um views of asia i 
I had a real beef with the Iron Fist TV series for this Did because Danny real beef with the Asian. I, I couldn't. T- I didn't know. This is this is news to me. <laughs> right? Because you know they don't know that. All right. So you've introduced a real piece of meaningful cultural history, and then you've introduced fake, made-up cultural history <laughs> to say, and here's how that other thing is stupid bullshit. Well, that's a trick. Like, there's there's a couple of different types of karate mans you'll find, and like there's basically three types. There's the I have mastered all of the martial arts, hypothetically. You know, like, I've mastered all of the martial arts. All of them? That seems impossible. All of them. It's a comic book. Whatever. Fuck you. Then you have the, I'm yeah. very good at a very specific real martial art that you can go find. You know? And then there's, I have mastered fictional future martial art. And, like, the first the first one and the last one are basically the same guy. Because that means you don't have to actually do any research. You can just, you know, show them winning fights. And the assumption is yeah. they've either won the fights because... It's... Martial yeah, arts. Martial arts is a concept, and then there's martial arts as a reality, right? And, and, and on the one hand, if you claim I have mastered the best martial art in the world, and it's a fictional one, then it's crazy. But it also, you know, eliminates the like. It, it gives you more suspension of disbelief that they can fight a hundred people because it's like, well, yeah, they, you know, they mastered this fictional martial art that's the best one ever, as opposed to, oh, they mastered boxing. I know the flaws of boxing. So you, your boxing shouldn't help you beat a hundred people, you know, like things like that. Like yeah. your, your jujitsu yeah. can't help you beat a hundred people. It's very one on one, you know. Like like hell, a lot of MMA guys will tell you don't fucking go to the ground in a street fight because the other two guys will just kick you in the head while you're trying to choke out the third one, you know. Yeah. Similarly, you have the like the purpose of being a martial artist in these stories is usually just like an it's an invisible stepladder. It's just why. Why is this character able to hang around with characters who've got super serum and super weapons and super tech? Well, they're a martial artist. And we, in the West, have that short circuit of saying, oh, that's a thing. That's like a, a like a, a power set rather than, oh, so he gets up every single day, he trains, and most nights he drills with some friends. <laughs> it's... No, it's like, no, 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 he's, he's like, he can channel like spiders or shit. And the purpose of that power is usually to say anything that threatens a normal person can fuck off. One of, again, to use the Iron Fist TV series, and I, I'm so <laughs> mad I keep going back to it, but there's a sequence in the first episode where someone pulls a gun on Danny, and Danny doesn't give a shit. That's like one of the few good moments of Iron Fistness in that episode, What's- where it's like, yeah, that's a gun. That would be really, really threatening to a normal person What's i guess interesting to me is watching um if you ever watch certain like technical based martial arts techniques and they did I tell you about this where you saw this guy like dis- distinguishing the difference between like knife fighting which is what this person specializes in and like i think what he said it's like a i want to say not a five meter like a uh, like a six foot seven foot uh distance issue once you get within that distance then the gun versus knife stops mattering right but Outside of that distance, you yeah. fuck, you know? And so he had, you know, a, a knife fighter try to approach a train, like, uh, I want to say, like, foreign legion uh, fighter. And how, like, what would you do if I roll up on you with this knife? And he had a, a, a cartoonishly large knife for the sake of this moment. And he had a bunch of techniques to, like, give himself distance. That's what the whole thing was. He rolled away to shoot. He turned around to shoot before. And he, you know, all these things just to maintain his distance advantage. You know, and yeah, and this was and the martial arts was like I ain't got nothing to do with this. And then we showed what happens when someone with a gun approaches you at extremely close quarters while you have a knife or your bare hands, and it's like, well, honestly, all you got to do is make sure it's not pointing at you. You can't dodge bullets; just 
make sure you don't have to, you know? Yeah. And this is something you'll see in, like, anime renditions of, like, gun-fu, where they can all more or less reasonably, like, they, a lot of them play quite fair with the idea that guns are bad, and the whole point of gun-related martial arts is making sure that the gun is pointing somewhere you're not. Until they start twirling them around like a jackass. <laughs> Which I enjoy, but it is jackassery. Yeah. Continue twirling guns in your media. Just don't twirl guns in your life. But, <laughs> yeah, like, again, like, it creates a dynamic in, like, this style of which you're presenting that's, that's, real talk, that's, like, 75% of the reason I still give a fuck about Arrow, is because they they put work into their action sequences. They, they, they lost yeah. a very good, you know, karate man because, you know, they had Katana and they built a whole season building her up, giving her her whole origin and shit, and then the Suicide Squad came out, so she had to be quietly shuffled away. So, like, she, I, I have no doubt, because they have Ragman in season four, five, and like, Ragman, you shouldn't be here. You're weird and inexplicable. You're probably here because Katana wasn't. Like, <laughs> he was great. <laughs> I enjoyed him, but it's like, man, of all, the, you got Mr. Terrific, you got Wild Dog, you got a bad version of Artemis, and you got, um, a new Black Canary. And then you have the man wearing a so- uh, suit made of souls that gives him, like, tentacle powers. And like, yeah, Katana would have had a soul sword, but she would have still just been fighting people with that soul sword one on one. One of the nice things about that particular family of powers uh, in martial arts is because there's this very, very strong blend of we know this is bullshit mysticism. Uh, like, oh, yes, the, you know, you channel your key and it makes you immune to knives and then you deal with actual martial arts. And they're like, no, don't don't trust that. I, I didn't promise you that. Don't do anything with knives that's dumb um so in a video in, in a comic book you can have a character like katana who cuts someone in half and like she can tell you oh yeah my soul my, my sword see steals the soul of whoever i killed and from the perspective of almost everyone around her who is like normal people who are also martial arts people they're just like yeah sure souls sounds legit uh, yeah just don't don't go messing with them souls is it still a sword sword does it cut niggas okay fine whatever believe what you want (laughs) yeah exactly and and that's you know i I like katana for other reasons i mostly like katana for her like big sister role she always plays and stuff she shows up in. that's really you know in outsiders that's really you know satisfying to me to watch and it's it's uh again that clearly that character and their version of amanda waller were like shuffled away for the sake of suicide squad and it's like and deadshot so it's like man we lost three good characters for one eh, movie but no like they yeah well let's not let's not get into my opinion on that yeah no we (laughs) but that's the dynamic is where they they introduce unique things to in the show they do those things because it's not a super show it's not like a generic superpower show. It's all about like close combat. It's still very militaristic in its way it's performing, but at the end of the day, you know, you got an archer and you got a couple of, you, get, you got a lot of guns these days, but you still have just fighting. A lot of fighting. Like Katie Lotz was some of the best fightings in that show because she roll up on people and then punch them and kick them. And she didn't have a specifically defined style. So that was unfortunate where he, like when Roy left, that lost something because he had this elaborate parkour related style so you knew roy because all the flipping and unnecessarily like you know traversing objects he did and like parkour is not a martial art but even just defining a character by it can be interesting well i mean i mean that that sentence parkour is not a martial art do not take that as gospel (laughs) 
there that there is an argument there. It is not ours I to have, get into. I've had martial arts teachers advise me to run away in certain situations, so I understand the logic there. <laughs> but they were just like, no. <laughs> well, it's like hmm? you know, is a martial art? What, you know, what defines a martial art? Is a martial art defined by combat, or is a martial art defined by personal and physical practice? And you know, the the argument. And I'm not I'm not an expert in this, so don't don't follow me off a cliff here. But I understand the argument is that parkour is one of a very small number of martial arts that are non-combative. But that doesn't mean it's well, not the, a the martial art. Is, but for the purposes of this conversation, what's the point of a martial even art? Even that, not no, like combative? if we're going to debate this matter, like that only is that only assumes that you train your parkour with the mindset of being chased, as opposed to the mindset of trying to go somewhere. Like if you. If your parkour has a destination in mind, then you're probably not applying it as a martial art because being chased means you just want to get away versus trying to get somewhere, anywhere quickly doesn't necessarily necessitate a person for you to be engaging with. But even still, the character of Night Runner, the, uh, a member of Batman Inc., the French parkour based, like, Batman character, had the coolest costume, the coolest, like, everything. And they fucking wasted that character. He's <laughs> gone now. Because I guess he wasn't important. But Night Runner is the fucking best. I love that guy. I love his costume. I love his, like, deal. He's a parkour <laughs> Batman. And that's all he is. He's parkour man. And that adds a whole thing where, you know, he's like a, he's a, um, I want to say an Iranian French guy. And, you know, he was there doing some riots and he learned parkour to, like, escape all the trouble. And, you know, Bruce Wayne shows up when he's doing, like, the part, the Batman Inc. thing. And, like, recruits him. And it's genuinely unique to add something to like that character because like yeah sure nightwing is acrobatic but like nightwing is a circus acrobat you know and like there's even a style yeah. to night night runner that like you can look at that guy and say he's probably a parkour guy just like the way he wears his clothes and the way he stands like adds a layer to things and even the idea that if he's a parkour person he's probably not hardcore beating people in the face as much as an aggressive fighter like say wildcat would be who is and again wildcat he's a white guy doing white guy fighting but you know wildcat because he's going to square his shoulders and box the fuck out of people. you know that means something way more interesting than like the non-specific sort of fighting that like batman and like um captain america do where they're just fighting not uh wildcat is a boxer and uh what is it air and that right that right there is really like one of those elements of this lens because yeah when when you get down to it these characters like when bucky and when bucky and cap fight that's just what we call fighting that you know we we don't think of that as being anything but just fighting but that's like that's the the nature of being from the culture where that's what fighting looks like so when we look into other cultures and you know the, these 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 kung fu things we get a really different take on these things and that's cool. You want to look at it like an alternate uh, approach to that, the exact thing you're talking about. Think about Street Fighter, where Ryu is the boring one, because he's just a karate man. And he has no personality besides being karate man. Even though, like, other characters... And, um, E. Honda is sumo man. And he's just a sumo. He has no personality. Every one of his, like, win quotes is about either, like, sumo or food. And he's just sumo man. And he's boring in a game like Street Fighter, where you have all this other crazy bullshit. And that, you know, everybody has these strong personality traits because they get to be other things, you know? Though, though, to be fair, when you look at original, like, the start of, uh, of Street Fighter, you know, Zangief was yeah, Russian man. Yeah, but he's man. Sistema man. And, like, well, you know, that's still some. and again, you know, Street Fighter's made in Japan. So, you know, Ryu is 
like you're Captain America. And that's why he's just kind of flat. And like, not, not just that, um, Zangief is Russian man, but he's like a weird caricature of a Russian man. Ryu is nothing. <laughs> Ryu is literally just. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. And, and yet Ryu has like a whole law and a background and a martial arts I master know. and oh. philosophy and like, there's meant to be, he's meant to be at war with his own rage, and we're like, he's, he's what? He's so much detail <laughs> there's, there's about rage all there? this nothing. He was very angry about all this nothing, and he almost killed Sagat for being nothing. And it's like, just nothing, nothing, nothing. Like Akira, who's just Ryu from, um, not, uh, from a uh, Virtual Fighter. He's even more nothing. <laughs> because he's from a game where he's, the, the character like him is the standard. He's just a generic fighter man. But the interesting thing is, if Ryu shows up in a Marvel comic, that's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know, I was like oh wow what's this extremely karate dude what is what, <laughs> tell us more about your inner rage nothing man <laughs> anyway. that's basically so, Braun Steiger's right, whole look, character like, Braun Steiger in DC is we've, interesting we've, if you put him in Street Fighter he's just a guy in a weird mask <laughs> so we, we kind of roamed around this a little bit and, and we've given you like a, a general framing of what we think of uh as like uses of martial arts in a story like you can use it to to make a philosophy into an action and all that i uh i personally feel that this is very much clay's field in the comics much more than mine i i have a a few characters whose martial arts i care about and i care about like good expression of that martial art but i'm not i'm not an expert but I have here a list of supposedly the top 100 martial artists okay. from Marvel Comics. And I thought we'd pick some of them at random. Now, I want y'all to know before he does this, like, he's like, I've had this concept in my head for a while. I was like, I don't know if I'm going to do this just yet. I, I really did want to, like, find an actual Asian person or a more versed martial artist than me to talk about it. But, then, like, he, he rolled out the deck with this. I was just like, hey, man, how's your day? How's your wife and kids? And he's just like... <laughs> You had this shit ready to go. And I'm like, well, I guess we're doing that today. <laughs> uh, Henry Cavill loaded his fist and Talon Lee loaded this list. Ready to punch y'all in the face with it. So punch away, sir. All right. Now I'm going to pick some names at random and we're not going to, not going to tell the rankings here. This is, this is just a list of a hundred people that are considered by this one curator to be martial artists. And I want to hear Clay just giving us a short rundown on whether or not they are a martial artist, like whether or not they, like, they are a kung fu man. The thing is, now that we're doing this, we'll do this like... Just oh, no, I'm... I'm not... No. No, no, no. I don't have the nah, expertise. Nah, I nah, really nah, nah, don't. Nah, nah, nah. We're doing it. No, no, no. <laughs> nah, nigga. Nah, you get five. You get five. Go ahead and do your list, though. Go ahead and tell these people what, what you what you give to them. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, okay, so if I had to pick five martial... Like, I don't think I can name five martial arts characters in marvel i like okay you could pick you know what you could pick your top five in general how's that how about this i can't name all eight of the immortal weapons i know there's eight of them i know there's uh fat cobra dog brother uh the bride of nine spiders the dead crane son and iron fist and uh i don't think there's eight because i no, there's seven. There's one for each city, and the yeah. eighth is uh, Yao Kuan. Uh, the, 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 no, it's the uh, it's the uh, tiger's daughter. Yeah, tiger's daughter. See, see. Uh, no, like I I quite like dog uh, dog brother. I yeah. quite like some of the things you can do with Danny Rand. I think that Danny Rand in the comics is a pretty cool character, especially when juxtaposed with Luke Cage. Especially when that whole thing is cast in the light of black people writing about 1970s exploitation cinema. Um, but 
like that's not a comprehensive list and and really that's just one you could pick up one comic and get all of those characters that shows no depth or sophistication of understanding i would definitely give myself as a teacher if i was marking that particular assignment i would give myself a pass at best <laughs> right what about you Right, he left, oh, you want me to? Are we, are we? I thought you wanted to do your list. Oh, list oh, you, you want to? Okay, let's let, let's let's pick. After this, after this, I want to hear some some of your favorites. You don't have to make a list, but I want to hear your favorites, and we'll go into All that. All right, but, so go we're gonna, I'm just going to pick some characters at random, and you're going to tell me whether or not they're a martial arts kung fu kickman or not. And that's just your rationale on this. All right, because you're the more expert one. Okay. And if we hit a character you yeah, don't well. know, it'll just get cut. Sound good? Okay. 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 All right. So long shot. No, Longshot has luck powers that he throws knives, but nah, man. Like nah, nah. Mockingbird. Do be like a conditional yes. She's definitely like a street level, low powered character who. But like this is a weird thing that started happening in like the late eighties and like early seven, like late I think early eighties, late seventies, where a lot of characters were using a scrima, but not like naming it as such. Yeah, yeah. She's one of those. Moon Knight's one of those. Uh, Daredevil's one of those. It's Nightwing. just like, yeah, we have these two little sticks. Nightwing, Nightwing does that. Uh, no, no, I'm saying Nightwing, Nightwing does yeah. that. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. It, yeah, it was like, her that, a long that, time that, before that they just said, specific, it's a screamer. Yeah, that's a very specific thing that, 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 like, popped off around that time. And I think she falls in that category. And the first time it showed like, up, they didn't spell it correctly. <laughs> like, I also think that was around the time that Dad Inosanto was, like, evangelizing his screamer. Like, after, because he was, like, Bruce Lee's running buddy. Yeah. Like, they helped develop Jeet Kune Do. And so, you know, after, you know, Bruce Lee died, he was probably the one doing a lot of talking about Jeet Kune Do, which, you know. And matter of fact, I'm pretty sure Game of Death had, like, an Eskrima sequence with Bruce Lee. I may be wrong. But, yeah, no, not Mockingbird. Yeah. All right. The Prince of Orphans. <sighs> like, thematically, yes, but mechanically, he turns into a ghost, so I don't fucking know. The thing is, Prince of Orphan turns into a ghost, right? But, like, the reason he turns into a ghost is to fight ghosts with his kung fu. So, like... Like, with just his kung fu, like, he goes and fights an army of ghosts. And he's like, well, when I turn into a ghost, I'm just a dude. I'm just going to fight these hundred dudes with regular barehanded kung fu. So, yes, I guess. I'm going to give that a yes. Yeah, all right. Uh, like, I, I personally feel like I think that the Prince of Orphans really fits as a as a martial arts kung fu kickman. Uh, but, you know, yeah. they, 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 you know, it's not a hard science. He also science. turns into a ghost. <laughs> all right. Now, now, here's one that I know is ambiguous. The Bride of Nine Spiders. <sighs> Again, thematically, that's her deal, but she's like, she, her whole thing is she spits out spiders. That's like her whole deal. Mm -hmm. Which was wasted in the show. Like, uh, like I saw that hair and I was like, oh shit, is she gonna, it's gonna do things that give me nightmares? Like, no, oh, oh she's stabbed with poison. Just, she's just poison him. Yep. And then you're say, pull, you're not gonna pull the chest out and reveal all the rot and spiders and horrible shit. Yeah. No. Yeah, and this, no, and, 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 just, and that particular, like, you know, your particular take on Danny and how you know these things is all completely left ambiguous and we're meant to just accept that the mysterious lady knows things about him. You know, she She's literally she that dies. one kid from Naruto. Remember that one kid from Naruto who's like really cool and has no face? That Chino, you know? He's <laughs> literally just like a bug colony and he has horror. He can literally like appear out of walls as a swarm of bugs and like just, he's just really horrifying. Like that was her whole deal. So like, She's the met. You know what? If you can compare them to a Naruto character, they're probably a kung fu. Yeah. So yes. <laughs> if there's something Akira Yoshida tried to get made, uh, Jubilee. Uh, that's 
that feels racist. Yeah. <laughs> she's, she's Asian, so she's a Kung Fu character? Like, fuck out of here. Yeah, I, I don't know what the hell Jubilee is doing on this list. Taskmaster. Yes, I think. Right, the whole thing is he copies fighting styles. The fact that he's not a karate character is, like, is a, like he's a karate character if he's looking at one. <laughs> yes, Master Cats. <laughs> and uh, let's, let's use Moon Knight. I'm gonna say no. I'm gonna say no. Because first of all, like, it never comes, like, his martial arts training is like a military character who probably knows, like, Sistema and, like, Krav Maga and shit. Never really comes up. Mm. And, oh, know, and side note, Krav Maga, ugh, that, that, Krav, Krav Maga is like one of the all-purpose signs of someone who read about, who, who at one point Googled how to be a badass. Like, that is, when you mm-hmm. see a fictional character mention Krav Maga, you are, you should definitely be worried. Yeah, yeah, so no, I don't think, uh, he doesn't count. Like, he's up, he's exactly in that same space as, like, Batman, where it's like, nah, you, you fight people, and, like, technically, someone taught you a martial art, but, like, nah, you know. Mm-hmm. If you just told me, oh, he's just really good at fighting. I'm pretty sure his dad was also a boxer at some point. No, he was a boxer, now that I remember. And it comes up, but not as, like, a, I'm a box you right now sort of way, just then it's like a, oh, he learned how to be hard as a child sort of way, so nah. Mm-hmm. Psylocke. I guess. Like, she's in a ninja's body, and she's doing ninja things, and, you know, there's, there's some... And she's, I say she's in a ninja's body for very specific reasons. It's a very weird story but, thing. Also deeply yeah, orientalist. Right. I guess that she counts. I mean, it's hard not, to, it's hard to be a ninja and not be a karate man, you know? Mm. And finally, Mystique. Do you think Mystique counts as a fuck kung fu no. character? Fuck no. No. Get the fuck out of here. She, she is a very old, uh, martial artist. Look, look, look. <laughs> If half of your ability is not needing to fight because people don't know it's you to fight you, you ain't a fucking... Yeah. I, I, I... I say that even though I'm pretty sure Mystique's power is also like a Naruto... Listen, no, Mystique's power is a power that like everybody in Naruto can do. Like that's a pretty sure that's like a standard ninja skill. So nah, nah, fuck off. Yeah. So this is, this is the essence of the, uh... This is the essence of this whole uh, story space. Even even if there's stuff that you know is, like, in an empirical sense, you know, you can technically argue. Like, Mystique knows martial arts, and she's an old lady, and old ladies who do martial arts are, like, a whole trope. But it's very easy for someone who's, you know, Clay, it's very easy to just go, no, doesn't count, no, does count. You know, that's all there. It, again, it's like, it's the cultural background. It's the, again, like, if it would be reasonable for you to show up with a dragon on your face or some shit like that, you're probably in that list, you know? If your name it's, is Chinese. <laughs> if your name is Chinese or even Brazilian or some shit like that, if you're, like, explicitly referencing some, like, you know, cultural, like, tone tenet, you know? Like, again, Iron Fist is a thing you can do. Like, Qigong is a thing they train you, which basically involves, like, breaking your hand over and over again until it, like, scabs over into this horrible hand thing. Like, I, like, <laughs> like, Iron Fist is, like, two steps away from being named Front Kick. Like, <laughs> there's a character in DC named Karate Kid! <laughs> like, like, if you're that, like, if, like, this is, like, a, uh, this is a concept in Capoeira called Corpo Fichado. And it's both like a mystical concept and also just a way to carry yourself. And if somebody was to call themselves the closed man or the closed body, like, well, yeah, I guess that's a kung yeah. fu man. That's a, that's a copper word, man. So, you know, I, as with all things we say, we can come back to this and talk more about it. But that's the, that's the basic idea. 
Now, with with some examples of what doesn't count as a kung fu kick person, Clay, who are the five kung fu kick persons mm-hmm. you want to base a story around? Uh, number one is Bron Steiger. There's no shit about him. Bron Steiger needs some work. I don't want me to write an Iron Fist story. I want Gene Wen Yang to write an Iron Fist story. He's the guy who writes uh, American Born Chinese, and he's the guy who writes the Avatar comics. I want him to write an Iron Fist comic that does cool things with the character. Um, Lady Shiva should have been done, had her own book. Like, for real? For real? Like, how the fuck? <laughs> um, see, Iron Fist, Lady Shiva, uh, Bronze Tiger. Um, if I'm having to put somebody down, uh, I would like Night Runner to come back and have, like, a cool, like, parkour adventure. Won't happen, but I'd love it. Uh, I, okay, so, Arrow Season 3, I think, had, um, Wildcat appear. It's like an older latino man you know older by like hollywood standards like older than the main cast but like probably still in his late 30s and i would love to see that i would love to see like an oscar de la hoya like or a brazilian like almost like royce gracie like kind of figure because what you think about when you think about wildcat is you think about him as an old man who taught most of dc how to fight and royce gracie is an old man who taught most of the world how to fight these days. So I'd love to see that, like, connection, you know? And, uh, uh, I think those are the big ones I'd love to, I really would love to see, like, a Brazilian wildcat, you know? Because there's so, there's so much there, there. And, uh, so one of the things is, like, hmm, how to put this? Uh, I still want to see more katana, like, actually handled by somebody who's connected to that, you know, material. Yeah. Like, all that Yakuza shit and all that samurai shit. Because this there, there, you know, like, um, the way I understand it from, like, G.I. Joe comic books, like, Snake Eyes got the most, like, development <laughs> when an Asian person was writing him. So, I love to see that happen to, like, Snake Eyes became a character there. And for, like, a lot of people out here, like, oh yeah, Snake, Snake Eyes was the main character G.I. Joe. Like, You're not missing a lot. Because I don't know about G.I. Joe. <laughs> But they, 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 yeah, but apparently Snake Eyes was the hot shit when they had an Asian dude writing him. Uh, I, I do want more, like, obviously non-Asian martial arts to come to the fore, and I don't really see a lot of material they have in them, you know, you'd have to create new things, because they don't, they didn't know to explore that idea, which is why I'm so big on Knight Runner. You know, he's a specific thing. It's meaningful there, but I think that's the big ones, you know, like, and I, Obviously, I'd like to see Shang-Chi, but Shang-Chi's doing okay for his, like, status, I guess. He could, pro- pro- uh, he could progress more. Uh, White Tiger in Marvel is doing alright. Like, she got to be in a cartoon. I like the, like, other wild, t- the other, like, female White Tiger they had, but this new girl's cool too, you know? The thing is, like, she's less of a kung fu character, more of like an animal character, but she's, it's supposed, she's supposed to be wielding an artifact from Kun Lun, which bestows martial arts power to her. So, the fact that it's not being used to its full potential is kind of just, yeah. And I think that's that top. I mean, obviously cast, but Cassandra Kane's getting enough decent work, you know? <laughs> For fuck's sake! Uh, <laughs> Black Canary. Black... The thing that bugs me about how people approach Black Canary, where they think, like, her gimmick is the, the, the scream, and I'm like, no, that's not... Her gimmick is being one of the best martial artists in the DC universe, and the, the sonic scream is basically just something she has to keep up with the rest of the Justice League. It's like Batman's gadgets. You know? That's not the most important thing. The important thing is she can beat most people's ass. I firmly believe that if you put her and Batman in a cage, she would walk yeah. out and Batman would be drunk. Well, I mean, I, I have know? that I have that same position. That, well, that, one of want. the funny things is that to me, a lot of very important characters are more useful as tent posts for uh, how they relate to other characters rather than they themselves being 
Like, I, I don't care so much about Batman could beat X. I care about these are the characters who could take out Batman. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, no. Like, I don't think the top five martial arts list has Batman in it. I think he's at, like, the bottom of the ten. Like, because there are characters... That's the thing. If you are a character whose whole gimmick is being a good fighter, then you should never be beaten in a straight fist fight by anybody else. You know? With, with like, no powers involved. Like, I'll accept that, like, Lady Shiva can lose an arm wrestling contest to someone with super strength. But if you put Superman in a red sunlight room, I no, ain't no Torquoise on my nuts. He ain't getting out of there. I don't care. Like, it, it, otherwise, what's the point? Like I said, what is the point of this character if that their specific skill that is so great doesn't mean anything? It's like when you said, like, if Iron Fist can give a seminar on, like, Kunlun martial arts and teach all of the Avengers, then why does Iron Fist exist at all? What matters about it, you know? Yeah. Why not just, why not just pour that martial arts into a better vessel? And therein lies the problem of, like, transferable skills and being too natural. I mean, you can argue that's what happened to Wildcat, where it's like, uh, well, I mean, just boxes, that's it. Well, then I guess his big thing now is that he taught most of the DC universe how to fight. Because nobody writing the character knew where to go with him after that, you know? So that's, that's mostly what we know Wildcat as, as the guy who taught everybody else how to fight. You know, he's an old dude who stopped mm. being significant after a while. All right. Yeah. So, how do you feel? I'm, uh, I feel good. I'm sure someone's going to want to kick my ass, but... <laughs> we we actually managed to, I feel, circumvent any of the really worrisome shit by do- just not talking about too many specific examples of the Orientalism. And, like, we can go back and to- totally do, like, a detailed explanation of the Orientalism and whatnot. But, uh... But now, yeah, I think I mean, we're good. Yeah, right? that's the thing. I don't want these characters to go away because they add something to the narrative that isn't there. Like, the... Okay, so, um, during, like, the like 70s and 80s, Batman's lead editor was Denny O'Neill. And if y'all know Denny O'Neill at all, you know he's, like, like the, the prototype to an old weed. You know, like, he got way into, like, Eastern culture. I probably as a way to get away from drugs, to hear him tell it. Like, these days, he teaches yeah. Tai Chi. Like, like, he's like a 90-year-old man teaching Tai Chi. Like, Daniel Neal is a white man, by the way. And so, when he was writing stuff, he injected a lot of that into, like, his creations. Like, he was part, one of the people responsible for Ra's al Ghul. He's the one who turned the question into a meaningful character. He invented Bronze Tiger, Richard Dragon, and Lady Shiva. And during his run on Batman, you have the characters like the Outsiders, who are, like, the almost like the black ops of the Justice League. And, you know, they didn't kill any people. And, you know, they had uh, Katana in there. And uh, the closest version of that we have is red hood and the outlaws which has red hood in it and it has arsenal in it he doesn't use a gun thank goodness and then it has uh starfire in it and all three of them killed the shit out of people when those books were coming out and so you can see the difference like 20 to 30 years of like shrinking the importance of like traditional martial arts in the culture had on you know the batman like umbrella to the point where ben affleck's is shooting niggas with sniper rifles yeah that's where we are yeah you you've basically got to have a hand so so all all of these things at their core are you know story components with values and we we kind of wore a lot of the values off and made a lot of these really interesting idea spaces generic and boring all it is is a technique on how to punch people right like well no man it's like a whole lifestyle like it was a lot of this stuff was invented by people very specific contexts and cultures so like if all you take from it is how to punch niggas what are you left with but violence what are you left with but punching and kicking that's all you took out of it you know 
that's the thing when I used to train at Capoeira, and you get some people who don't want to, you know, don't give a fuck about the music, don't want to hear any of the stories, don't want to engage with any of the culture. They just want to do the, you know, they just want to do spin kicks. My nigga, you can do that in your backyard. There are YouTube tutorials for that, you know? <laughs> yeah. You don't want to, you know, respect the process. You don't want to, and there are people who teach it like that, who just like, nah, you're going to do these 12,000 kicks, these 12,000 push-ups. I'm like, oh, oh, oh. Okay, you go. You go. You gonna do these squats until you throw up. Yeah, yeah, still here. Okay, let's do a wrap up because I think my computer's getting a bit flaky. Okay, okay. All right, all right. So we can return to this well, as with many of them. We can talk about specific characters. I can go even more about why the Iron Fist TV series <laughs> is garbage. Um, as ever, always. That was Clay. <laughs> that was Tom. And uh, Clay, hmm? Blaze is not a martial artist, did he? I would say Tomb of Dracula, issue 10, when he first shows up, I might give it to him. He doesn't have any cultural trappings, but he's all about fighting people up close with knives. And he became less of that over time. <laughs> and there we go. I had an answer. Actual answer. I've discovered I can fuck with this joke if I just give you straight answers. I know, actually, in issue five. (laughs) Thank you, everybody. (laughs) All right, good night, folks.